0: Uh, hey guys, it's Ayo here. Um, I just want to say, we recently just passed the one year anniversary of Mind Theater. It was uh, September 16th, so uh, a few days ago. And I just want to say that I'm really happy and so amazed by the support I've gotten over the past year. I've been doing this from family and friends and from fans, and uh, I really couldn't do it without you guys. So, um, you know, uh, here's to the next year. Hopefully, uh, I'll be doing this uh, this time next year. And uh, you know, if you if you want to support me, uh, the Ko-fi link is in the is in the description. If you want to support me, the Ko-fi link is in the description. Uh, other than that, uh, please enjoy the episode. Thanks. Humans have a knack for telling stories. It's at the heart of almost all of our modern entertainment. From TV to movies to books to comics, storytelling is a language we are hardwired to understand, and it's something whose intrinsic styles, forms, and approaches can differ greatly from medium to medium. And I think one of the most powerful forums for telling dramatic stories, one that's often overlooked, is the audio drama, an extension of its predecessor, the radio play which invites its audience not to look, but to listen. Listen. Hmm? There's someone coming. Being a podcaster, it should come as no surprise how powerful I think audio is. It captivates audiences in ways other forms just can't. There's an intimacy of hearing someone in your ear that's hard to capture in other mediums, even audiovisual ones. Like a stranger telling you a secret, there's a connection most vulnerable and real between the orator and the listener. This feeling increases in intensity when the person isn't just speaking, but acting, giving a dramatic performance without the aid and assistance of visuals. It's an interesting prospect trying to tell a story this way. Hugh Chignall said it best, describing the radio drama in itself as being a contradiction. After all, how can it be possible in such a visual age of communication and media for invisible drama to exist? Well, I think this speaks to the provocative power of sound in challenging the imagination of the listener. Robert Arnold states that no amount of CGI in the world can create more beautiful vistas or more terrifying monsters than the ones we can imagine. This is one of the reasons why you might read a fantastical book or work of fiction before finally seeing the film adaptation, and you're nevertheless disappointed, especially by the visuals. The reality born of budget constraints and the motives of commanding studio execs can damper creative spirits and hinder creative vision. This is where I think audio stories have a distinct advantage. They aren't beholden to the constraints of other mediums, and as a result, they can operate in an inherently more artistic space, with more freedom to make stories more fantastical and interesting and most importantly, less grounded in reality. The podcast space is chock-full of these types of dramas, from Welcome to Night Vale to The Bright Sessions to Adventures in New America. These audio dramas utilize the strengths of the medium to their fullest in an attempt to tell stories more compelling and more immersive. And I think one of the best at doing this is The Truth Podcast by Jonathan Mitchell. The Truth is a fiction anthology series in a similar vein to works like The Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. The short stories Jonathan produces are sometimes dark, sometimes funny, but they're always intriguing, and they utilize the full extent of the soundscape to capture that immersive feeling by positioning the listener directly at the center of the story. It's why he describes the episodes as being movies for your ears. I'll get back to the truth in a moment, but I think one of the reasons it's immersive quality stands out to me is because the stories we hear episode to episode are expressly made for the medium, written for audio rather than adapted for it. Looking back on the history of radio, the earliest radio dramas from the early 20th century were essentially the broadcasts of theater stage performances. Adaptations of Shakespeare, melodramas and the like acted live over the airwaves. Stories that weren't trying to advance audio as a medium, but instead pilot works from other mediums, the life a damned defeat was made. It wasn't until the nineteen twenty-four play, A Comedy of Danger, written by Richard Hughes, a young theater writer at the time, that we witnessed the first play designed specifically for radio. Set in a Welsh coal mine, the radio play depicts three characters attempting to navigate the darkness of the mine when in the opening lines the lights go out, leaving them trapped inside with one another. With the veneer of visuals or spectacles removed, all that's left is the vocal performances and the dialogue, which evolves over the course of the play from generous and supportive of their mutual plight to violent as the stress of their situation becomes more dire. While this play is fairly simple in terms of how it uses audio to tell its story, you have to understand that radio at the time was still a young medium, radio dramas even more so. They were the result of this new, burgeoning technology-determining culture. The 20s through the early 50s were the golden age of radio dramas, with networks competing to hook and keep listeners. This often involved evoking the talents of Hollywood celebrities. We would see programs like Suspense, starring actors from the young Frank Sinatra to Judy Garland and Gene Kelly. Or how about Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, whose fictional dramatization in the form of broadcast news all but convinced an entire nation they were under attack by aliens? It's easy to see how powerful audio can be. It wasn't until the advent of television in the 50s that the popularity of radio dramas would begin to dwindle a prospect that would have all but killed the medium had it not been for the podcast boom of the 21st century, breathing a second life into creative audio storytelling. Which brings us back to the truth, the benchmark for modern audio fiction, utilizing dialogue, SFX, music, and soundscape to create these worlds and stories that don't just sound interesting, but literally sound interesting. And one of my favorite episodes that demonstrates this is the episode entitled the dark end of the mall. In the story, we're introduced to Lucy, a store clerk at a wedding dress store in the 50s. While working in the shop alone, nearing the end of her shift, she meets an exhausted, overly anxious patron named Steve, who claims to be shopping for a wedding dress. Tensions between the two begin to rise when Lucy witnesses him trying to shoplift snacks and water from behind the counter, and she's forced to call security on him. While the two await security, Steve breaks down crying, fearing that security will never actually come, and that he'll be stuck in this wedding dress store forever. It's in this moment both Lucy and the audience see Steve in a pretty sad light, this manic crazed man who's overactive and verbally abusive, acting fairly strange. And so, in an act of desperation, Steve proceeds to tell Lucy a story. A story about the future, a future where in the aftermath of an apocalyptic event, robots who were designed to work in service jobs such as fast food and retail were switched into emergency mode, a manufacturer setting for aiding humans during times of crisis. A future where some of these robots malfunctioned, stayed manning their posts, stuck in their sales mode. Their computer-chip brains only equipped to understand the world and audio-visual stimuli through the context of their job. A future where someone as desperate as Steve must convince one of these robots of the true nature of her reality in an attempt to save himself and survive. As the audience, we begin to realize that Lucy isn't a human store clerk at a wedding dress store in the 50s, but a robot stuck in her sales mode. Unable to recognize the crumbling rubble that's the mall around her. Unable to recognize that the song she hears through the speakers on loop every day is actually the emergency warning siren. Unable to recognize that the seeing eye dog she thinks is loose walking the mall is actually a human-turned-monster in the aftermath of the apocalypse. In an instant, the framing of the story shifts from Lucy's perspective to Steve's, and we become more cognizant of the true nature of the story's reality the context of the audio space completely changes, grows darker, and the lies we once believed from the opening of the story inevitably gives way to the truth. I'm reminded that these moments of authentic emotion extend outside of audio fiction as well. In a conference on audio design, Alex Bloomberg talks about the study done in which a lie was transmitted through various mediums, print, TV, radio… And when it came to radio, it was the medium easiest for people to detect that lie. When you can't be fooled by facial expressions or visuals, it becomes that much easier for an audience to find the truth. And our stories, whether they be real or fictional, have a knack for turning their audiences into truth seekers as well. In audio, this journey can be intensive. When you're dropped into an audio drama, you're immediately asked to navigate the space. You don't have a visual guide. You're at the whim of a voice or music or simply a sound. It's a medium not about telling you where to look, but guiding you towards how to feel, creating the audio stimuli necessary to bring forth the visions locked within the eye's mind. Audio can show us our true creative potential, not just as passive listeners of story, but active contributors and storytellers in our own right, able to create and destroy worlds. Able to imagine more than budgets or Hollywood. Able to dream bigger than even the storyteller themselves. In search of invisible truths, unable to be simply seen or felt. But perhaps, when listened for with care and intent, Able to be heard. Mind Theater is produced and written by me, Ayo Bade, in collaboration with Muckricker Media. To subscribe, look for Mind Theater on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For updates on the show and upcoming episodes, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.